There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> Probably like getting grade 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether, you know, there's two types of turds, you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean... Um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. Joining me this week, I have two of my favorite people from the Go Big Redcast. Mac, hello. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having us back. It's been a, been a minute, but it'll be fun to catch up a little bit here. It has been a while, and I also have Honky joining us. Honky, how are you? Doing great. How are you doing? Good. You guys, your podcast came over to, to Herd at Media. Have I had you on mine since that kind of transition happened? Now, the last time Dave and I were on it with you was right before last season. And actually, I actually have to thank you. I have to credit you because I don't think if we weren't on Varsity Club Podcast, I don't think we would be on Herd at. I, I think that kind of gave us some of the legitimacy and, and at least got us seen by you guys. So uh, I do appreciate that. It's been great to be part of Herd at. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's super awesome to have you guys kind of under this umbrella of this podcast is a is a proud part of the Herd App Media Network, as is the Go Big Redcast. So um, I said this before, but now I will say it like doubly. Go subscribe to the Go Big Redcast. Leave them a rating, leave them a review. Listen to these guys every week. Um, we got some stuff that we can talk about. This was kind of a newsy week. Bill Moose was on Sports Nightly uh, on Wednesday and basically revealed that we're going to have maybe 45,000, upwards of 60,000 fans in Memorial Stadium for the spring game on May 1, which is huge. It's huge news. That will potentially be, I think, the uh, the biggest American sporting event um, in terms of crowd size since since COVID shut everything down, um, potentially. I saw, like, South Carolina is going to have, like, 6,000, 6, 6 or 9,000 fans in their stands, and I was like, Nebraska wants to push it to 66. That would be about 75% capacity, depending on how things go over the next month and a half. Um, it could potentially be a, a really, really cool experience on May 1st, assuming we keep trending in kind of the positive direction that we're trending in. Um, but it was funny because, so he's on Sports Nightly. We're going to have fans back. We're going to have fans back for baseball immediately this weekend. We're going to have fans back for volleyball. Here are some of the attendance caps and things like that. Here's where you can purchase spring game tickets. And then they open the phone lines. And the first caller that Bill Moose gets asks him about the Oklahoma thing and says, why did this happen? Why was this game even touched or potentially touched? And why did it take you guys so long to respond? So this report from Brett McMurphy came out like three weeks ago now, I think. And I haven't talked about it on my podcast. I had a column about it the, the day after. Um, but but after that, I haven't really said anything about it, but I have you guys on. I just want to ask from a, from, from a, a fan perspective, from, from your guys' perspective, were, were you hit by the, the Brett McMurphy report? Like, what was like your immediate reaction? Was it like anger or was it just kind of like shaking your head a little bit? Uh, for me, you know, first it was, oh, this is a bunch of crap. We're not doing this. I wonder how this got broke. It's just another pile on Nebraska story. 
And then as soon as it became kind of validated, it was immediately like a gut punch. And it, it was a hard, you know, I'm a rose colored glasses guy. And I kept trying to find ways to frame this in my mind. And every time I just run into a, a roadblock that would irritate me even more. It's Oklahoma. The, you know, the anniversary of the game of the century. It, it makes us look like we're ducking somebody. And that is a hard pill to swallow when you, when as a fan base, that's one of the things you do is you carry your head high and you say, we'll play anybody anywhere. That's how you feel. And sure. like that, I was having a real hard time reconciling that on, on that day. Yeah, I think confusion for me, I just, yeah. it was came completely out of left field. There was, and you know, I hear some people talk about how, Oh yeah, well we knew this was going on for my, BS. No, who, if anyone knew about it, nobody was writing about it. Nobody was talking about it publicly. So, I mean, there's a reason why if you feel like you got hit out of left field, it's because, you know, you did. I, go back to Brett McMurphy's tweet. One of the first responses is Damon Benning with pardon, question mark, question mark, question yeah. mark. I, I don't think he knew anything about it. And, and uh, you know, I consider him to be one of the, the many people in, in our press that's, that are in the know. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, the most important thing to me was during that five to six hour stretch of just not getting any response was that, is this game still going to happen? That was my biggest concern was somehow a, a response was going to come back that yeah. it, it had been canceled. And once that didn't happen, once it was like, okay, we're, we're going to go back to playing them. Then I, I'm pretty quick to move on and just, it's, it's time to play. You know I mean? It, it's a weird March gut punch, but yeah. At the end of the day, the same th the same team that we were scheduled to play is who we're going to play. You know, on a personal note, too, I had that Friday off. <laughs> I was planning on sitting down and we're, me and my wife were starting Dexter over again. <laughs> and it ruined like three episodes for me. And I was just like, miserable. I couldn't get happy. Well, and Derek, I, there is one thing that, you know, it, I can understand the goal from a couple of different perspectives of what you, we might be trying to do around that time. It makes sense financially to say, hey, we want to get an eighth home game. I can understand that. In fact, on our redcast this week, we talked about petitioning the uh, NCAA for a one-year you know, uh, reprieval of letting us have week zero games, like across the country, not just Nebraska, everyone. Because we're, we're not alone here. I think a lot of Power 5 teams would like to have a – an eighth home game. Yep. A lot of G5 and, and FCS teams would like to have a, another money game on the road. So it'd be a one-time deal. It can't be Nebraska asking. It's, it's well, more heavens like, no, <laughs> no, it's more like petitioning. Could, could we do a 13th game? Okay. But that the idea of an eighth home game makes total sense. The idea of frost wanting to maybe move a game like uh, that Southeastern Louisiana game up makes a lot of sense too, where you want to get an early game, not just for the, an early, you know, winnable game, but also, uh, we have a very unique schedule this year. Most years we don't play three of our first four on the road. Most years we're not playing week zero. It made sense to not play a week one game when we were going to be flying back from Dublin. That doesn't happen. So all of a sudden now we have this opening and it's like, what can we do to get at least two opportunities to get in a Memorial Stadium before October? All those things make sense. The one thing that doesn't make sense will never make sense, should never be discussed, is anything revolving around, you know, canceling that Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma it just doesn't it all comes back. To, all roads lead back to not, it's a, it's, it's, it's a non-negotiable game. That's, I'm sorry. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. And, and until we know any more information, look, I, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty forgiving about stuff. I'm well, ready to move on only in the sense that we're still going to be playing them. And, and I'm not going to get any more worked up on anything else right now because I don't know anything more. I, I, I don't know any more about, you know, this guy said this, or this guy did this. I just, wow. I know who we're playing now. Right. Their, their rationale sort of immediately after the fact and in the days after the fact 
if you remove the name of the opponent from the schedule, the rationale makes sense. The excuses, you know, that, that has a negative connotation. The excuses, they make sense. You can, you can, you can rationalize them. Wanting to get in an earlier home game makes sense. They, don't, they, they play one home game before October. And from a recruiting standpoint, they're concerned about that. That's why they're trying to move the Southeastern Louisiana game from November to that September 4th weekend, because they want, from a recruiting standpoint, they want that game. That makes sense. From a financial standpoint, it makes sense. They wanted to add an eighth home game because they want that extra revenue. They want to help local businesses. That makes sense. It's all admirable. Mm-hmm. But to your guys' point, really, when you it's it's the fact that you cannot just remove the name from the opponent that you're playing that weekend. It's it's Oklahoma. And Bill Moose kind of said this too uh, in his sports nightly appearance. He's like, if it hadn't been Oklahoma, and if it had been like Wake Forest, I think was one of the schools that he named, like no one would have cared, which is true. Um, but, you know, it is Oklahoma. You can't remove the name. It is a game that you scheduled yourselves to commemorate a game 50 years ago that you won. Um, so all of the things around it were just interesting. And, and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to beat a dead horse. It's been three weeks now. Um, and, and like you said, there's still some, there's still some uncertainty around sort of what exactly happened, who was the first person that was like, Hey, let's think about this. Um, but I just one of the things that that um, sort of was the the contrarian viewpoint when all of this was going down was, is this really that big of a deal? Is this overblown? So now that we're three weeks removed from it, it seems like for one of you maybe Mac, it seems like it's it's maybe a little still a little raw. Do you guys feel like now that we're a couple of weeks removed, do you feel like that was maybe overblown the reaction because Nebraska got hammered for six hours? Do you think yeah. the reaction was a little overblown? Kind of how do you feel now that we're, we're a few weeks removed? Yeah, I, that's difficult to say because I, I somewhat think that the reaction is what caused the ship to correct itself before it got too far. Part of me thinks completely that, fair. So um, the, we needed to have that outrage. And, you know, I think about this, too. And I, I guess the part that hurts the most is is the perception of ducking somebody. But I would argue that, say, Oklahoma wasn't going to be very good this year every Nebraska fan still would be like, you're not canceling that game. Yeah. You know, just because it's a perceived loss, which I totally understand. That's not as big of a point as you can't take the Oklahoma game off. If you're this kind of history that we have, you know, we, most of us go in there thinking we're going to lose this game. You know, it's not, it's not really the point. It's, it's like, that's the part where like, why don't, how can the uppers have that conversation? Like, and it doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I guess, I guess when I, when I start talking about it again, yeah, that's where I land. I'm still, I'm still a little hot about it. You know um, what's interesting too, is we've talked about this a number of times, just in general, Twitter doesn't represent Husker nation or, or it's such a small percentage of right. it. And that five to six hours that I know I felt, and I know you felt and, and Derek, you were, you were experiencing it too. It's because we're on Twitter and yet, the amount of people, mostly some friends and family of mine that came up to me like two days later, Monday, Sunday, they were kind of like, did you hear something about Oklahoma? Are we not playing? You know, like just, they didn't experience five to six hours of, of awful, you know, like gut wrenching. That, that's worth, that was that's never worth part of their life. Worth it was part of our smarter. lives. Yeah, Maybe the, they're smarter. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you notice, I got smarter for about the next five, six days. Yeah. I got off of Twitter. <laughs> I just couldn't be on it. I didn't want to be around um, whatever, if, if more was going to come out, I just didn't want to be there for it. And I had nothing to contribute at that point. Cause to the point from the very beginning, I felt as blindsided as anybody. Right. So I had nothing positive to say at the time. And, and what's the old saying mom and dad would tell you, you know, if you don't have anything positive to say, uh, don't do it. So I, 
I just I exactly. The, I'm the, sure that's, that's what exactly they said. So I just right. got I just got off of Twitter. <laughs> it's, it's funny because like, you know, I I, I went home um, the the day all that stuff happened. I was on my way home, and we were in Oklahoma for a handful of days. And I had people texting me uh, that I hadn't talked to in a while, being like, "Hey, man, what the <laughs> hell happened here?" Um, yeah. And I was like, I know you don't follow Pat Forty, so I know you weren't like enraged by by the Twitter machine, and you were still like, "What?" So it was, it was an it was an interesting time period. Mitch Mitch Sherman did um, did a piece looking at like the twenty strangest things that Nebraska football has endured, or like the strangest events of sure. I, I don't remember what the time frame was, but like when he does one again twenty years from now, that's probably going to be like in the top five. It's going to yeah. be insane. Yeah. We're doing um, it Black Friday, I yeah, think, on our text chain. Sure. I, I will just incredible. I am I'm ecstatic that the game is happening. I that is the one game on that schedule I've had you know circled for for years and years. So I mean, for, at least from this one Husker fan, and I know Mac, you feel the same thing, and the rest of the Red Cast. I mean, we are ecstatic to I be think, playing. The Oklahoma. only thing I don't look forward to about that game is you know the week before the media buildup back to oh. hear this crap again. Yeah. That's the, that's, Matt, that's the who did we? Who are we talking to two nights before all this broke? Oh yeah, we're talking pick six. Brett, Brett Siancia, yeah. pick six previews, a Heisman voter. Uh, the uh, you know he's on the FWAA All American Selection Committee, and we we're talking with him two nights before about being a blue blood and what that <laughs> yeah, means. So and we even talked about the Oklahoma game ah. and how big a game that is and what a big deal it is. And you know he has one hundred and thirty thousand votes every year on Twitter uh, talking about who's a blue blood. You know this team, this team, this team in Nebraska. <sighs> For yet another year in a row, Nebraska is one of the eight teams in his poll that is voted a blue blood. And you're a blue blood because of games like this. Right. It, win or lose, you want to play games like this. And so I'm, I'm, I'll just leave it with I'm so ecstatic that it is going to happen. The worst feeling I had for those five or six hours was even the thought that potentially it was going to be dropped. And yep. they came back when, when they yeah, made the right call. Worse. I'm ready to move on. Let's yeah. let's play them and and let's beat them, right? You know, let's do it, <laughs> right? Let's do yeah. it. Bill Moose on on Wednesday night reaffirmed their commitment to that game, so they're looking forward to playing it September 18th. The players in Nebraska's locker room are excited for that game. The players in Oklahoma's locker room are excited for that game. Um, I will get to go home for that game and see some places that I haven't gotten to see in a while. So I'm excited for that game. I know somebody like Mike Babcock is excited for that game. And, and then obviously all of, of Husker nation is excited. So it's still on the schedule. We can move on to uh, happier, happier topics because like I said, in the beginning, fans are coming back to the stands. Yes. So this was this, I mean, this, this was always going to happen, right? This was always the end goal. It wasn't you're going to take fans out of the stands and they're just never going to come back. There was always going to be a point where people are going to come back. There's always going to be a point where we reach 100% capacity and there's still going to be people probably when that happens that are a little annoyed with it or, or questioning why we're doing it when we're doing it. But um, Nebraska had really hoped that the Big Ten was going to allow local decision makers to set attendance caps for spring games. And Bill Moose and Ronnie Green were huge champions of, of basically local authority on this dating back to last season. They got a win with this. The Big Ten announced that that moving forward for spring sports and then for uh, for spring games and football, that it's going to be local authority, local decision makers setting attendance limits. So Nebraska is planning right now for 50 percent capacity for the spring game. Depending on how the next few months go, that could, well, I guess the next month and a half, really, whatever it is, could rise to 75%, which would be about 66,000 fans. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on 
what that day is going to look like if you know we get there and and yes there are 45 to 66,000 fans what do you guys think that day is going to look like what are you personally excited most for about that day you know that's that's going to be an interest i think probably as excited as i am to say it's going to be amazing and and wonderful i think it'll be a little awkward at first no matter what as exciting as everybody will be mm-hmm. you know we're still very conditioned to mask culture and, you know, how are you going to drink a bunch of beers with a mask on? It's going to be difficult. <laughs> you know, so there's going to be, there's going to be a learning curve, but th- hopefully that energy that returns downtown and in, in, the, in the rail yard and stuff, the stuff you walk around and you just feel like that, if we can get some of that back and, and really just kind of charge up the city a little bit, I think I I'm tickled about it. I'm going to do what I can to get tickets for sure. I'll tell do you, you think that energy will be there? They're going to sell tickets. They're going to go, every other row. So it's going to, it's going to look different. Do you still think that same energy is going to be there? I, I guess I'm, I'm hoping for a big turnout and I'm hoping from, I'm talking more almost like a tailgate energy really. Yeah. You yeah. know, then because the game, the game effect will be different, but you know, spring games can be sparse a little bit. I don't know. It, that's, it's, that's interesting. I, I think, I think it will be, the energy will be there. I also think it's going to be emotional. I mean, like to go back and do something that has been taken away for a while. I mean, this is a, this is a, a dumb side story, but like I take my son swimming two, three times a, a week and we would go to the Y and we would always up until COVID, we would go to a little changing room, like a family changing room. And then they closed it for a year and it reopened like two weeks ago. And I, and we went in there for the first time to do, you know, d- change right beforehand. And I almost like started tearing up. I'm like, what am I tearing up about? It's, it's a changing room, but it was like, I haven't been in this place for a year. And I'm like, if I'm tearing up at a, at a changing room, what is wow. it going to be like when you for Sir- sure will cry? Oh yeah. Oh my Hockey God. cries at a lot. When serious is playing and all that. Yeah. When that stuff happens, I mean, this is, it's, it's the first chance to get back to some normalcy and I can't wait for it. The, the big 10, I, we gave them a lot of garbage last year when I think they made some poor decisions at times applaud them in this hey, case yeah, they made nice the to see if nothing else that was well, good to we, see we talked about this week on the redcast which was i can't you can't compare what's going on in lincoln nebraska with piscataway i don't know what Rutgers and new jersey's numbers are right now but i know here for the most part i think the whole state is either in the green or lancaster county was the last county i don't know if we're in the green yet or it's going to be but everything's trending right i think 75 percent of, of people that are 65 and older in the state have had the vaccine now yeah. you know and this is a wait another five weeks until we're playing i mean look i mean we're on the right path this is if you do the right things it the reward is we should be starting to get back to these you know attendance games and we're, we're outdoors and i'm sure is there a mask mandate with it i'm, I'm sure, sure probably wearing a mask so i mean again we can do things the right way but uh man i want to get into that stadium i I want to be there an hour early. I, that's me personally. I, 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 if I remember correctly, the governor's stated goal was to have the entire state vaccinated or everybody that's eligible to get one, have one by May. Um, that would certainly change the landscape of what we're talking about. If Nebraska opened Memorial stadium up to hundred percent capacity, would you guys go? Yeah, for sure. I sure. Yeah. I'd be there. Heartbeat. I mean, if, full disclosure, I've been vaccinated, but yeah, yeah. Still, I mean, I probably, yeah. yeah I, and I'm, I'm mid vaccine right mm-hmm. now. I've still got one more to come. Actually, my first vaccine came on the Friday, uh, two weeks ago, the Friday of everything happening with, with, with OU. It was Honky's good news, risk. bad news situation for you. Hockey's uh, high risk. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, your blood pressure is crazy. We can't give you a vaccine. <laughs> if, if it's 100% capacity, but masks are still required, would you go? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, the mask stuff doesn't, I mean, wear it. If that's what it takes right now, that's the least of my concerns. It, yeah, wear a pucker yeah, mask, brand it up. Yeah. I've been beaten down enough. Mask is fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> There's things I do now that I've never considered before. Yeah, play ball. <laughs> what, what was the last year like for you guys just not being able to go to an event we got we got in my in my inbox this afternoon um from nebraska's sort of communications director the the university spokesman that we're gonna get in-person availability yeah um, i was gonna ask you about that that's yeah. exciting and yeah that was my reaction i was like oh this is really because we weren't expecting it right which is totally fine it would have been completely fine if they if they stuck with zoom um it's a little bit easier to moderate stuff with zoom and so i was kind of i I was on the fence i was like maybe we'll get in-person availability but if they don't it's fine you can put that off a little bit longer um but we're going to get in-person availability for the first time i haven't done in-person stuff with the football team since the end of the 2019 season because i was not with the spring stuff uh in in 2020 i was i was getting married um and we're going to get potentially maybe one or two open portions to begin practices where we can watch from the second floor kind of balcony area inside Hawks. Go ahead. Do you think that's kind of a concession for some maybe mishandling of, of, of recent events? Do you, do you think that's sort of a, we really need to extend a little olive branch here because, because traditionally I feel like since Frost has been here, certainly compared to Riley, your guys' access has been, you know, very strongly moderated by him. And this is almost this is almost from you know from what it was to what they're going to. To me, this is a big jump forward to the yeah. access I thought you would have got. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe that'd be that'd be cool if it was like an olive branch kind of thing. That'd be cool. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them. Um, you know, like we've said all along that that sort of the way that Frost has, has approached media has been guided by the way he was treated when he was a player here, which is which is fine. It's, that's his, um, you know, his, his own. Um, past sort of shaping how he's how he views things now which is fine everybody does that um so i mean i thought it was really cool I, i'm i'm really excited for it um yeah, I would and they, love it. he he, he has really um been sort of wanting to control more of the narrative than maybe you know some other coaches out there um you know some people will be will be critical of it I, like like you know, like today, Lon Kruger retired. We're recording this on a Thursday. Lon Kruger retired from Oklahoma today, and I had a tweet about how, like, he let me sit and watch every single practice. He let me come to every single practice. And as as that was my first job as a sports reporter was the Oklahoma men's basketball beat when I was in school. And just to sort of have that, um, it was it was really helpful just to sort of have that kind of coach that was that open, that willing to talk to you and being like, I have nothing to hide. I will see you outside and we'll say hi and we'll chat about stuff. That was really helpful. Um, but at the same time, you know, um, somebody like Jim Harbaugh that wants to control things, it, it, it's just, that's just the way that it is. So I'm not going to complain um, too much one way or the other. I told one of their SIDs uh, last season, I was like, I mean, you guys don't have to give us access at all. And mm-hmm. you do. So we'll take, We'll take anything. Well, you know, and and there is something to be said too about the fishbowl of Nebraska and the expectation on our coaches and our, you know, especially in football that there's more asked out of them, I think, than so many other programs where, you know, I've heard coaches that have come through here and they're like, my gosh, we have a a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday press conference all, you know, during the week. And it's like, you know, you go to some other school and it could be another P5, Mm -hmm. you know, 
blue blood school and they're like, geez, there isn't the, the same amount. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm, you know, look, we create a podcast just to add to the glut of, you know, <laughs> yeah. people talking we about this. Right? Aren't the only fan yeah. podcast. Yeah, we're not, we're, we're not helping things. Right. But I mean, the fan base, that's how passionate it is here. And it's, it's the greatest thing in the world. It can be the worst thing in the world all at the same time. I'm sure Frost loves the fan base and all the support that, that it provides. And it also, boy, it takes a lot out. You, you, it does. You know, it's just, I, it's, it it's never, it never ends. Right. I do. I do tend to believe though, that if you're a little bit more open and if you're a little, um, if you, if you peel the curtain back a little bit more, then there won't be sort of that desire for a rumor mill and you won't have such a, a fervent message board rumor mill that just churns and churns and churns crazy stuff. I think that's exactly the point. Cause like you said, it's about controlling the narrative and what we all know is no one can the narrative goes off on its own and you get into rumor mills, you get into chat boards, you get into social media, which weren't there 25 years ago when he was a player too. I mean, that, that's a thing that's changed and narrative. Yeah. There's I, so I don't many, know who controls the there's narrative. There's so many anymore. opinions and speculations there to be accounted <laughs> for that. It's like, it's, it's, it's innumerable. So, you know, they, they could open it up a little bit and let the people actually watching stuff, you know, report what they're seeing. I mean, I'm not reinventing the wheel anyway. I would love them to open up, if possible, during spring ball. I saw Georgia Tech announcing that they were opening up some practices for uh, fans to be able to sit in on. I I would just even have one. Five bucks. Five bucks on a Friday night. (laughs) Who wouldn't do that? You know, we've we've been going to. We went to all the uh, coaches' clinics. You know, the during the spring, we've been going back to all the way to Solich years. And Mac last year was the first year because of COVID. We didn't make it, and obviously, I'm not expecting them to have one this year. But yeah, you get to see a practice and everything that was part of it. And it was, it was great. It was, and it's, you know, I, I would love to have the general fan base have a chance to just see one, one practice. Um, but I don't know what logistically and everything would go into them trying to set that up. Or, I don't know. I don't, don't, know it, don't show me your scout team. Don't show me sort of the, the nuts and bolts stuff that you're working yeah. on for each individual opponent, but show me some of your base stuff that you're running when you're doing team on team action. Show me some of your base stuff. And we'll have a better understanding of what you're trying to do. And then our reporting will be a little bit better. And I think too, if, if you open it up a little bit more and do that, then, you know, when you reach a situation like they were in last year, where Frost is saying it looked really good in practice, these guys were neck and neck in practice. If there's, if we're seeing that, or if let's say they open it up to fans, you guys are seeing that you're not going to jump down his throat whenever he says stuff like that. Because I think, um, I think those comments sort of just fall on deaf ears now based on everything that's happened. Um, so, but that's, that's just, that's just my two cents. Um, the, the question that I wanted to ask you guys. So like we got that news, I got really excited because it was a nice break from everything that ha- that has happened. It was sort of my like changing room moment honky that you mentioned the story that you shared, <laughs> um, which is a great story. That's a great story. I don't say that. I don't say that to, to make fun. That's a great story. Everybody has those. Everybody has had those moments where it's like, man, we're getting back to some kind of normalcy. This is awesome. Um, what was it like for you guys this last season, just watching in a different kind of way than maybe you had before? Uh, you know, it was such a such a roller coaster going into it. That, you know, a game's not happening or and the schedule being changed or taken away again. It's like, I got to the point, sort of like what I said with the mask, I'll t- I would take anything. So, you, you know, the, the experience was strange, not having the crowd 
there at first was strange. But, you know, once you got down there, you know, it's funny. We are all so forgiving at the beginning of the season. We don't care if we win any games. We just want to see <laughs> plays, you know. We just want to get out there. And that just goes away so quickly. That and that's kind of how I was yeah. with football. It's like, ah, you know, no, no fans, whatever. We need to stop snapping so horribly, you know, <laughs> and we need to play some special teams. And then, you know, on, on for just personally, you know, I, wor- I work a lot of, uh, I do a lot of standbys for a lot of football games and, you know, high school football games and basketball games and some of the university stuff. So I've been lucky and that I still got to go to a lot of sporting events and with nobody in the crowd, nobody's getting hurt. Yeah. You've been like, you were on basketball games, like near courtside. Yeah. You get to hear everything. (laughs) Yeah. For me, just the season, just the, the strangeness of it, the, the Wisconsin week of just, you know, a couple of days oh, beforehand, all of a sudden the team, you're just not going to play them. Right. It, it, that probably hit me in similar ways, actually, as the Oklahoma talk earlier, where for, for different reasons, but just what, we're not going to play what this team that's on the, what, it was just crazy. Right. Well, then give us Chattanooga. What we can't play them. What now we're going to get beat up for, you know, somebody with a blue check mark nationally is going to beat us up because we want to play Chattanooga. I mean, it was just like if as a Husker fan, sometimes it felt like a punching bag where you're just taking it from every direction. And again, my earlier advice of stay off of Twitter, I probably need to take that more often. You know, we have a, a PSA that we created. It's a masochistic relationship. Yeah, we created you know, it's like I know it's gonna hurt. What we, am I doing? We created a PSA. <laughs> you can find it. It's called Suit S O T Stay Off of Twitter. And it's you know, if you think like you're gonna start tweeting at players about stuff, stay off of Twitter. Well, yeah, please. Same All thing, right. like when there's just bad news, like just I need to just keep reminding myself, get off of it. It, it, It's not probably for the best. If you want to tweet at players, just redirect the tweet to the players' parents. There you go. And Kurt Warner took that well. (laughs) That's my, uh, that's my talking point uh, that has, that has become a thing. And there's one very specific person that I'm thinking of, that if he listens to this podcast, he'll get a laugh out of that. So I'm making (laughs) jokes. I'm making jokes for a a very, very niche audience right now, but that's, um, (laughs) But that's that's a good advice, though. I mean, it's the realm of podcasting. Please don't tweet at <laughs> recruits' parents. Please don't. Do that. <laughs> I say that facetiously. Don't do it, please. Um, or if you do, at least tag me in it so that I can get in trouble for it and not you. Yeah. Don't um, tweet don't tweet their parents. Don't tweet them. Come on, people. <laughs> you tweet their fan base like a man. <laughs> I will give you guys tickets to volleyball, baseball softball soccer which are you going to first volleyball oh man. yeah volleyball but baseball too. i man i guess probably probably volleyball but baseball is a real close second real mm-hmm. close second Will Bolt on a has, on a oh, go ahead yeah he's been exciting mm-hmm. yeah the start the, for i mean it's been exciting the, the the pitching there i mean the, how deep we went in the bullpen last game against iowa and, and you know and we're getting some runs going here i mean this is it's going to be a weird year. The RPI isn't going to mean a whole heck of a lot when you haven't had a chance to play any non-conference games. And again, that's, I, I credited the big 10 a little earlier. I'm, I'm not going to credit them here for, I think they set the conference up poorly for uh, CWS and postseason. but it was just weird. It was weird. It's weird to not have a baseball conference tournament and then have fans at your basketball conference tournament. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. And, and to not start until after March when the sec and those schools are all playing in yeah. mid February, I just, you know, again, it, this is where we get into some of the inconsistencies of how the NCAA, how conference by conference, how they run things. And, and it, as a fan, I'm just speaking purely as a fan, it's just frustrating to watch. Yeah. But 
Bolt. I mean, my guy, it feels like he's probably been here like Who's seven that, years I, now, I but he's coached eight say, games. You know what I mean? Has any coach had a longer runway before their <laughs> first game to kind of get things right? I, I mean, what a unique situation I, for him. I love having him here. I, it's great to get Bolt back, and uh, and it finally feels like we're kind of getting to watch a little bit of Bolt ball now. Yeah, it does feel like he's – sorry. It does feel like he's been here a long time. Mm. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on – either the men's basketball team or the women's basketball team that you want to hit on? Uh, you know, we talked and focused a lot more on the, on the men's basketball side. And, you know, I was in Denver last weekend for the first round. I always go up there and hang out with Dave and uh, we have some friends up there in that area. And we were talking about um, how the big 10 is going to be different next year. And you have nine teams that made it this year uh, to the, to the uh, tournament. And then the five that didn't three of those teams fired their coaches so there's only two coaches, Northwestern and, and Hoiberg, coming back. And then out of that top nine, there's a, you know, there's a lot of players, the Garzas and all those guys of the world that are starting to, to leave. And those teams, there's an opportunity for us to take a, not just a small step, a large step up because we finally have five, six, seven core guys back you know this is the first time in the Hoiberg area we're going to have that that we're not starting with 12 guys that we're all looking at a roster like who are these players we're actually going to know it and um and then you add a couple of those recruits in there um you know the five star and we've got you know so we're getting I think we're at a good point next year I'm always going to be the optimist on this stuff on this stuff but I think we're at a good point to uh you know get I even top half I mean and the other thing with the Big Ten is I get a little tired sometimes. Oh, the Big Ten's unbelievable, or it's not. It just—it's like any other conference. It changes from year to year. The same conference that sent nine schools to the, the NCAA this year three years ago couldn't send us there as the four—you know—we're the four seed of our own, you know—and and had thirteen yeah. wins in conference, twenty plus it's, wins. So it's just—it changes from year to year. College basketball pretty quick, which is kind of a good thing. That's too. a good that thing. Be a very satisfying situation when you finish fourteenth. It's a good thing. Yeah, we're going to need a big swell on the other side now because. And we got Jack Hoiberg now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Things are looking up. No. There you go. And, <laughs> and like basketball too. I mean, you only got five guys on the floor. So if you sign one five-star kid, that's really, really good. That's going to play a bunch for you. You can flip stuff real quickly. Real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Did you guys make brackets and are they shredded at this point? <laughs> Pretty rough. Pretty rough. I, I, Illinois didn't do me any good. And, uh, Ohio State, really, the Big Ten. Weird. <laughs> the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, the Big Ten, right? Yeah. We, wow, they did it again. I should have seen that coming. We posted something <laughs> that said something like, uh, um, you know, thanks, Big Ten, for bringing back college basketball, signed all eight schools that beat the Big Ten schools. You know, kind of the, yeah. you know, the, the stuff we were getting on football last year from teams. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know. I just saw today Rutgers has a guy that's going to be transferring around. I mean, there's going to be a lot of, lot of changes here. Uh, How was your bracket? Well, I didn't do a bracket. What? No, I just I decided not to. But when I flew out to Denver, because they have all the sports betting and everything, Dave, and we have the Go Big Betcast as our spinoff show. Yeah. So Dave and Redcast Rob and producer Skip and Boomer were doing that. They got me to sign up for FanDuel. So I had FanDuel app. And if you put a $50 bet down on Michigan State, uh, UCLA, you got 113 points on Michigan state. Like they could lose by 112 and you win. It was a guaranteed victory and you win 45 bucks. So I had 45 bucks to play with the whole, (laughs) the whole weekend. I lost it all. I mean, 
<laughs> I lost four parlays. One of them, I lost all three in that one parlay, which I hear is pretty impressive. It's hard really to do. structure that the right yeah. way. So I'm not very good at that. But I was like, I'm not going to lose any money. And then at the very end, after several drinks, I was like, I'm just going all in on Texas, Illinois. Texas, Stabling <laughs> Christian and UCLA BYU. And I ended up because of the UCLA game, I actually ended up uh, some money oh, with some money. And then I, right. I bet on drinks tonight. Then right? I bet on Boomer Saint killed a Australian football thing. And that was like, that was you two guys, in the morning. When and, you get together and you should not get FanDuel. That's a bad thing. <laughs> FanDuel's and beers is not a good I've game. already deleted. I, I was up 20 bucks for the weekend, but I, and I'm sure this makes for great podcasts, but, <laughs> like, and then I, I deleted. Like such big spenders too. I was up $20, man. I was up 20 bucks. And then I deleted FanDuel <laughs> when I got done. So, what was your original question, Derek? <laughs> Brackets. Oh, I had Oklahoma. That's what it was. <laughs> I had Oklahoma State going to the uh, to the Final Four, beating Illinois. So I had Illinois losing. So I wasn't I wasn't concerned about them losing. But then Oklahoma State losing really kind of uh, messed me over. My bracket was going fine. I had Ohio over Creighton too, and I, I was hoping for good things there, and then oh. that didn't happen. So two questions: Being from Oklahoma. Um, are you rooting for Oral Roberts now? And then do you have any good oral jokes? Because, I mean, on Twitter, that's, you know, been the, been the last week or two. I have a professional job that I would like to keep, so I have not made oral jokes. That's a line that I haven't crossed on Twitter. I get yeah. pretty close to the line sometimes, but that's a line that I don't think I'm able to cross. I did see one tweet, though, um, that was a it was, it was like making a joke off of their Jersey. And it was, I, cause I don't remember who they played where they beat to get to the sweet 16. Um, but it was like, we're going to the sweet 16. And then oral Roberts was just a zoomed in picture of their Jersey, which, Oh, are you? Oh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Nice. That's pretty good. I'm not clever enough to do some of that stuff. So um, they do good work. Yeah. Let's wrap this up with this spring football starts on Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you guys want to see from spring football? I think, uh, you know, Mac and I were talking about this before we, we got started. And to me, this is the best roster from top to bottom, depth-wise, position-wise, that we've had mm-hmm. uh, under Frost, certainly in the spring. But I would just say maybe period. We are really deep. Now, some of these guys have more experience than others. You look at that running back room, there's, you know, six guys there and, and – we're going to see how it, how it works out. But what is unique so far under Frost is that they're here. There's yeah. no more talking about when that guy gets here in August, the, the um, Omar Manning, when he gets here in August, when Nadeem Joseph gets here in August, uh, a couple of years ago, when Dedrick Mills, when Dedrick Mills gets here in August, all these guys that aren't here yet, when they get here, they're going to be all Americans. There's none of that right now. The guys that are, I'm not even, I don't really want to talk about a player if he's not on campus right now going through all the workouts. And I, that's the thing that excites me right now is I see a really deep team, all these positions. Uh, they, they got a lot of work, the receivers, my gosh, Torrey and Manning and Betts right. and all those guys, the players are there, but uh, well, the missing now piece isn't what's coming. You know what correct. I mean? Like all the pieces presumably like you're saying are here. So it's not, you should get a pretty good, a complete picture of what your team looks like this spring. I would, I think. would think so. So, you know, that being said, you know, those, those are your overarching goals. Me personally, uh, the running back room, you know, I'm just fascinated because, you know, with Wandell leaving, that means he can't run the ball anymore. So it's going to have to be another running back. We're going to have to see yep. what those guys can do. I think we've got talent back there, but how the hell would I know that? You know, like yep. just presumably, but the way they've recruited, if any of those guys can hold up, you know, I, I'm not terrified of how that room could turn out, but 
you know, so it's, and it's mostly offensive side, right? I mean, the wide receivers again on paper, you know, they look amazing, you know, and you're hearing good things already, you know, Betts' work ethic is, is, is really come along and, and, you know, Samari Toure has been all business and, uh, um, Omar Manning. I mean, he's, he's making pictures and he's still here. You know, part of me thought Omar Manning wouldn't even be here by now. So the fact that he's still on the team, still, you know, tweeting things out, because we all know whatever you put on Twitter is gospel (laughs) and you'd never go back on that. So he's in my heart now. No, but anyway, you know, so, but those are, those are the questions defensively. It's a little different. Yeah. I'm also really genuinely intrigued with, with our two analysts. And I know that's not something that I would normally be thinking of, but these aren't just two normal analysts to me to on the offensive side have Ron Brown who's coached you know at the running back position who's coached Roy Hallou and uh, Abdullah and, and Burkett to have him be in a position a supportive position of Ryan Held at that position as we have six guys now fighting for that spot that's key to bring Bill Bush who just has a ring on his finger from a couple of years ago at LSU recruited Burrow there who's coached under Urban Meyer at Utah who's coached at Nebraska and is from Nebraska to have him be this defensive slash special teams analyst and I we've already heard certain things that you know he's even already playing an active role and getting some some of the special teams uh depth charts and stuff together that they're further ahead than that uh in that area than they've been in the past I I, you know am I talking online to think that Dawson's going to be a coordinator of special teams I think that I wouldn't be shocked at all to hear that announcement in, in the next week I mean it's I, I think that we Listen, would probably do that. Everything the staff has done in a lot of ways, well, I shouldn't say everything, but a lot of things the staff has done decision wise, you know, look, they make sense on paper. Yeah. You know, like Bill Bush, that makes sense. That should be an improvement. That should be, you know, and Ron Brown at, at running back, that makes sense. That's a good move. Now, will any of this stuff manifest in wins? Well, it, it's kind of got to at this point, but I mean, they, presumably you know we're very good at winning the offseason we've had a few trips yep. this week this last yeah this is the year it's been we, great we've you know, lost frankly, we've whatever. lost the offseason and that's yeah. not a bad thing because oh there's lost. still time there's still time <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i like a lot of the moves i you know a cohesive unit that would be interesting for you guys to see i mean i've always felt like the practice that they put on depending on which part you get to watch is a very fluid kind of frenetic practice it looks impressive a little bit mm-hmm. you know but you know if you could see a little past Skelly or if you could see some scrimmaging and just see how the guys look athletically matching up with each other you know that would be really informative for you guys and to be able to report that back that'd be wonderful that's what I, that's what my fingers are crossed for you guys we'll get sometimes we'll get some of those red zone situations where it's like okay the defense has has is starting on let's say the five yard line keep them out of the end zone and yeah. Like, I think most people probably think the defense is going to be a little extra salty this year. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. I will tell you guys right now, buy Savion Morrison stock. Good deal. Uh, Love to hear it. Savion yeah. Morrison well, stock. And we like the size of him, too. You know, we've heard some people refer to him as a small back. It's like, no. Not even close. I no. He's, yeah. he'll, this guy, he'll fit in just fine, I think, with the, the direction this offense is going. One other thing I think that is a, a very positive trend for Husker fans right now that there's talk of Frost releasing per- performance index numbers from the waiver. Oh, yeah. that's-, that's a great sign if that happens. Cause I know that's something that he's wanted to do or has talked about doing the last couple of years. But when we talked to simple, even, I think he said that they just weren't, they weren't yeah. ready to show those numbers or they weren't what they were expecting. I, I, and, get the, I understand that feeling. I wouldn't want to show my numbers. Right now. Well, <laughs> so the point is that, you know, if, if we're at that point now, and, and I think the numbers would probably look pretty good and it would be, it would be a great, for guys like us that are from the 90s that we're used to seeing that every single spring, you're going to see yeah. those numbers. Who ran the 40s and the, the lifting and all the stuff. Uh, Makes me want to buy a newspaper. 
you know? Mm, man, <laughs> all over it. Or a subscription to Hail Varsity. Yes. I'm just setting you use, up, brother. Use, you red, use Redcast at checkout, too. I need to have you guys on the podcast more often, man. <laughs> Set me up for dingers like that. Um, gentlemen, I love your perspective. I love your input. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'll let you get back uh, to your evening and not take up any more of your time. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, man, it's been a blast. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Seriously. We will be back next week with another podcast. Uh, in the meantime, keep reading HailVarsity.com. Keep listening to all of the podcast offerings in the Hail Varsity Network. Listen to the podcast offerings in the Herd App Media Network, which includes the Go Big Redcast, where you can hear Honky and Mac. It's good stuff. It's always good stuff. So listen Actually, to it every week. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Thank you, guys. A Herd App Media Production.